Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. Thank you for listening. We would like to remind you that this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. Please consider supporting the show. Check us out on Patreon or simply leave a review on iTunes. Here is your host and creator of the show, Known Wells. Hello, feely humans. This is part three of the one-year celebration of Yumi Empathy. Thanks for being here. I'm just so grateful for this community of feely humans who want to look inward, who want to lead with their heart, who want to connect with other feely humans in order to make the world a better place. You know, that's that's how we do it. We do it through empathy. We do it through compassion and listening and kindness and not being ashamed of our feely hearts because we all have them. Some are just, you know, protected by layers of shame and, and hate, self-hate and just inexperience to look inward. It takes work. It does take work, but you're doing the work and it's beautiful. So keep that up. Keep that up in 2019. I know you can do it. This is episode 57. Like I said, this is part three of the one-year Yumi Empathy celebration. And uh, I'm just happy we made it a year. It's been a wonderful year, 2018. We got 54-plus episodes. We had 22,000-plus downloads, 45-plus iTunes reviews. Let's keep this empathy train going. Let's continue to grow. If you have someone in your life who maybe would benefit from this epi- from this from this show uh, let them know let them know that uh Yumi empathy exists um and if you need maybe a sticker or two to do that th- i'd be happy to send you one so email me yumiempathy at gmail.com or just dm me on on instagram or twitter at yumiempathy i'd be happy to send you a sticker or two Okay, thank you. Let's 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 keep this thing going. This is episode fifty-seven with Jordana Reem, uh, Shannon Strucci, and Katie Hilliard. We talk about having someone to reflect with. We talk about Everest Base Camp. We talk about being an introvert online and parasocial hell. We talk about self-care as a mom, uh, Katie's new baby. And parenting as the ultimate test of self-acceptance, self-love, and self-discovery. I hope you enjoy this episode, this last bonus episode of the week. We will be back to normal interviews on Monday. But for now, enjoy this episode 57 with other feely humans like yourself, Jordana, Shannon, and Katie. You, 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 me, 
So I am here with my friend Jordana. Hello, Jordana. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm great. I'm so honored to be part of your one-year anniversary podcast. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you, buddy. Uh, yeah, so for the listeners, this is another installment of the one-year anniversary episode or two, I'm not sure, depending on how many people I talk to, uh, celebration of, of, of Yumi Empathy and uh, bringing back some favorites from year one of Yumi Empathy. And so we're going to catch up. We're just going to do a little catch up with Jordana here. So a little context, Jordana was previous guest on the show where we talked about meditation, we talked about mindfulness, uh, we talked about yoga. Um, I first am just curious, like, how how has your year been? Because it's been like a year since we last spoke. No way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. A year ago, I was in Thailand. You were. Day, yeah. Now I'm in Santa Monica, California. So um, I'm half a world away from where I was when we last spoke. And in a sense, half a world away from where I was when we last spoke. And also just, you know, in the same zone. I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> what does that mean to you? How does that uh, provide the listeners with a bit of context there? Yeah, so I've 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 di- I've gone over the deep end of um, meditation and yoga and and the whole thing, and I'm here in Santa Monica, California, continuing that journey, teaching yoga and meditation regularly here, and seeing clients teaching them yoga, meditation, doing one-on-one coaching and healing sessions. So, um, just bringing what I was doing in Thailand back to the United States, and I'm embarking on uh, a corporate wellness business as well because my background was in corporate America, right? And uh, I was an executive in corporate America. And one of the things that I thought of when I was coming back here is, if I'm going to stick around in the United States, I want to help people like myself, who were overwhelmed and full of anxiety and um, helping them to see that there's another way and that they can take a deep breath or as I like to do, three deep breaths. Three. Yeah, pause. I still remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's amazing. I, and I, uh, what a journey you've taken. I mean, obviously geographically, but I remember last time we talked about the, a little bit of the, the, the stress of the corporate world and a little bit of the unhealthiness of the corporate world. Like what, what kinds of specific things are you looking to target in that new pursuit? Yeah. I mean, well, so exactly. So I remember, you know, when I was in the corporate world, it was this constant churn and just kind of getting stuck in that perfunctory rhythm, feeling like you have to do and you must be busy in order to have value And I want to offer that you still get to do your work and you get to work smart, but you also get to take a pause and that the pause can actually help to rejuvenate the work that you do and help you to get out of any sort of perfunctoriness of your everyday. I love that. So that's things like, you know, just um, having someone to reflect with. 
um, understanding who you are and where you want to go and how your job can support that. I don't want people to necessarily like jump ship and leave their jobs. In fact, I'm hoping that what I can do with incorporations helps to make employees feel more more of an affinity to their employer and want to be at work and be absent less and have more productivity and feel better within their bodies through um, you know, reflection practices through adding in meditation through some yoga that's specifically um, crafted for people who sit in offices um, day in and day out and introducing other things like um, sound healing and, and therapies of this sort that can reduce stress, alleviate anxiety and increase creativity. That's amazing. I love that. I, I uh, that might have made my life easier in the past in, in various <laughs> torturous corporate environments. Could you imagine that if they if you were in a corporate environment and they said, "Okay, happy hour is now uh, sound therapy in the reading room"? <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, I mean, I can imagine, and it sounds lovely. But you know, I think there is such like. There's got to be, like, it's not just about the bringing this activity into the place. It's really like a mindset shift for cultures, right? Yeah, exactly. And so um, what I want to do is is partner with, the org- with these organizations and not just say, here, I'm going to give you one sound bath or I'm going to give you, you know, weekly meditation, but to come in and be a consultant and see like, what is their culture right now? And how can we incorporate a culture of well-being? What are the things that are going to work for them? And the pieces of the recipe that equals uh, greater success um, in more well-rounded, healthy employees for them, for that particular organization. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. And how, and this is a, a, a new thing that's sort of just getting off the ground? Yeah, I just launched the website kind of under the covers yesterday. Nice. <laughs> so it's my old website, jordana.love, but um, with a focus on corporate Um, Because that's what we're looking to do here in the United States um, is corporate. And for those who are really daring, uh, going with me to Nepal to hike to Everest Base Camp, that's (laughs) happening also. (laughs) I I always see that pop up on like Facebook and and where else. And I'm just like, should I? (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I, I, I do want to do that. And I, I, it's not going to happen this time around, but I, I would very much enjoy that at some point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I am hoping that we do it every year. I mean, this is now the second year of taking people to Nepal for trekking and transformation. When I spoke to you last time, we were getting ready to do Annapurna base camp and it was on day two of that trek that my partner in Nepal Barendra said to me, Jordana, you can lead Everest. And I thought, no way, man, you're crazy. Um, but you know, a couple days in of, of the trekking, I was feeling really good in my body, despite, you know, I had a, a little, um, food poisoning mishap, but you know, beyond that, I, w- I was actually still fine. And, and I knew, I knew that I could do Everest. And so why not, why not take on Everest and take people with me who want to take on something 
of Everest proportions. So this is, uh, you would go to base camp, is that correct? Like that's, that's the peak? Right. Yeah, that's the peak. The peak is getting to base camp to see the peak of Mount Everest with right. your own two feet and your own two eyes. And and that still requires, I mean, do you, for these trips, do you, um, you know, like provide homework for people to like do like endurance training or like altitude sort of training? Yeah, that's a great question. So with the Everest program, I created something called Everest Within, which is an online empowerment program, which not only includes physical training um, for the months leading up to Everest, but also includes um, breathwork training, pranayama. Um, It includes meditations and reflection exercises because getting to Mount Everest isn't just about the physical preparation. Of course, you need to do that as well because even getting to base camp is quite strenuous, but also getting into the mindset of going to a foreign country and setting out to do something of this um, grandiosity, right? To get to Everest base camp. It's, it's no small Uh, It's no small feat. So thinking about like, what does that mean to you? And even for people who aren't going to Mount Everest in person, um, I created the program so that anyone could do it to tap into the power of Mount Everest that's already within each and every one of us. So you're telling me I have a Mount Everest inside of me? I think so. (laughs) I think it's, (laughs) I think so. That's exciting. Take a look. It's there. I will. I will. I love to look inward. (laughs) Yeah. You got to look in before you look out. Oh, indeed. Indeed. I'm just being playful, but yeah, I I agree 100%. I know. Yeah. Um, And what, did anyone have any, so this first Everest trip you took, did anyone have any altitude issues? Yeah. So we went to, we didn't go to Everest. We went to Annapurna. Oh, right, um, right. Which isn't quite as high um, altitude-wise, um, but it's still it's still altitude. Um, and there weren't really any issues. There was a little bit of, um, one woman had some shortness of breath um, at one point, but it wasn't altitude sickness, and she was still able to continue on. Uh, we just had one of the porters carry her bag, and so she was able to do it just fine without carrying anything on her back. Gotcha. Cool. And yeah. Jordana, how how has your mental health been through all this change? I mean, you've, you know, last we spoke, you were in Thailand, you were very content and happy and, and living this adventure uh, and learning and, and all this stuff. And now you're in Santa Monica and you're, you're teaching and, and you're breaking your arm at some point yeah. <laughs> like how's your how's your mental health been yeah that's a good question and I just want to say thank god for the toolkit that I have because it has been no easy feat to go halfway around the world and I didn't necessarily expect to stay here but I broke my arm and that in a sense grounded me here and it was upsetting um at first and then again (laughs) um but you know i i just kind of went into those places i went into those dark places and i i shared a lot from those dark places i not only broke my arm but i uh 
my heart was broken as well. I was in a wonderful relationship and, and that ended the same time that I was dealing with the broken arm. And so it really led me into the shadows Mm. and, um, I leaned on support of, you know, um, some friends and, and my coach and I felt a lot from that place and I wrote a lot from that place. And, um, that's kind of what really supported me in getting out of it was to share that I was going through something and, um, people really related to that. And they shared back with me. I got so many messages that I couldn't even, you know, respond to them all. And, and I created I ended up creating some um, meditations that I put up on Insight Timer for people to stream for free. And for me, being creative is is kind of a being creative and expressing what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it is my way to the sunny side of life, which is where I like to be. <laughs> what a um, gift that is! Like one of the just things I hear nonstop from guests on Yumi Empathy is this thing where you experience uh, a setback, you experience a dark, you know, some darkness, you experience some trauma, and you find the courage to be vulnerable and share that trauma. And, you know, 100% of the time, what comes out of that is healing and like just open-hearted support from friends and and it's just it's so it's just such a validation for the thing that I believe in with all of my heart is like you know being vulnerable and 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 seek and and being an empathetic per- uh, person and seeking that empathy in others and so I'm just I'm so glad you had that reaction and 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 you were able to do that for yourself that's great yeah it gets easier too with time like the more that you sh- it's never easy, right, mm-hmm. to share, um, but it does get easier to keep doing it. And I think that um, it's a way that we can be of service, right, is to share our own struggles, um, not to candy coat the way that life is. I mean, life is a joy, right? I, you know, one of my teachers, Osho, says, how can we be connoisseurs of joy? And that's to appreciate what is right now but also it's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's really hard. It is. It is. <laughs> Western world problems, but yeah. um, you know, we have to meet ourselves where we're at every day. Indeed. Do you ever feel the pull to be um, like, you know, as a, I'm just thinking maybe as your position as, as a teacher, as a yoga instructor, do you ever feel a pull maybe from, society, culture, what have you, to be stronger than maybe you are in that moment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, um, that's kind of why I do it. But also it, at the same time, I, I see myself having these feelings of getting perturbed when I do it. And people look at me like I should be stronger or look at me like I'm weak. That Like that happens, actually. It's not all mm. these open arms of love and support. Sometimes it's it it can be open arms, but it's open arms of like, Oh, I feel sorry for you. And that's just, that's not what it's about ever. Um, I'm, I'm not looking for that. I'm it's, if someone thinks that they should feel sorry for me, or if I'm lost, then they're not really reading it. Um, or they're just, they're just not there. They're not able to get there because 
I think that in a sense, we are all, we all have an aspect of this lostness. Um, because as Michael A. Singer says, in the untethered soul, we're spinning on a planet in the middle of nowhere, right? Like we, this is like in a galaxy in the middle of nowhere. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Like we think we think we know. Yeah. But all that all that's certain is that it's going to end. Right. Right. I love the. Uh, it reminded me what you said there. Reminded me of of Carl Sagan's sort of how he describes you know this planet of ours, the pale blue dot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I think uh, ref- what is it? Reflections on a moonbeam or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's it's very eloquent and poetic, but it speaks to the a little bit of the the fact that we don't have control over <laughs> a lot of a lot of what what's in front of us. That's right. Yeah. Only over our own energy and how we respond to it. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. How is how is your practice going? How how are you are you staying busy? Is it is it are you doing well in that? Well, so it's a building process right now, and I'm super busy. I do see um, I do have some private clients now, but I I feel like lately I've been spending all of my time like writing copy, writing meditations, um, refining videos, and infographics it takes a lot to to start something up and to um to create something new and going to networking events so i'm i'm busier than i would like to be and i try to i do my best to balance it um creating days in which i do certain things and trying to stick to that so um every tuesday for example are days that i work on the everest within program mondays are the days that i work on corporate wellness Gotcha. Yeah. And what uh, what are you doing for the holidays? I am going to visit my parents in New Jersey. And that has been two years in the making. I haven't seen them for two years. How do you feel about it? I'm in awe of that. And I am excited and nervous and curious. Um, you know, I was thinking, my parents have no idea who I am anymore. And then I thought, well, maybe I don't know who they are. Hmm. <laughs> and so um, we get to re-meet each other because in the three decades I've been here on this planet, it hasn't, we haven't gone more than a year without seeing each other. Wow. I mean, before, before this, it was maybe six or seven months and now it's been over two years. And, um, and that's, so that's really interesting. It's, it's going to be really interesting. It's certainly going to be a, a, a test of, <laughs> um, my own spiritual practice, right? Because sure. they say that, that's when you know is uh. if you can go home and still have your peace. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you go home, are you like staying in your childhood bedroom? What does that look like? No, I'm so lucky. My parents moved out of that house. Okay. So, um, I think that when you go back to, I don't know, do, do you live, um, do your parents still live in the same house that you lived in? No, Growing no. Uh-uh. Yeah. So it's, uh, that old house that you know you once lived in has has all of those memories and has the memories of who you were and so 
we fall back. I find that we fall back into those patterns much easier when, you know, you're in the childhood bedroom. So I, I'm lucky that my parents moved about three years ago and they live in a 55 plus community. So there's at least that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm sure we'll still fall into some patterns, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to be expected. And is, is, are you, I, I, if I recall correctly, you have a sister? I do. Yeah. My sister lives up in San Francisco. I've gotten to see her a couple of times since I've been back in California. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, where, where can listeners, Jordana, where can listeners maybe learn about, because this will be out January, where can listeners mm-hmm. learn about the Everest program, unless that's already happened at this point? No, um, Everest. Yeah. So the Everest Within program, you can join at any time. Uh, you can go to jordana.love. Um, and it should be under the shop category where you can look at um, an array of meditations and you can join the online program. Um, there's five modules within that. And then you can, if this is in January, you can still choose to come to Everest with us. There should be um, probably about three or four spots left. Um, and then there's actually a wait list going for 2020. So if we announce that, we've got a wait list of people who are ready to go for that. So Jordana.love is the place to be. And um, you can get a free meditation there and you can check out an array of other meditations and the Everest within online empowerment program. Excellent. Well, um, this has been fun. It was good to catch up my friend and I, I really do need to get up to LA at some point and say hello in person. I know. Get off here before I head out to Nepal again. I know. I know. <laughs> I just do not like driving in LA. And there's something yeah. about it that gives me anxiety. Yeah. You haven't been to Mumbai. <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, I bet that's a completely different scenario. It's like go to the toilet before you get in the Uber <laughs> because it's going to be three hours. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, come over. Come over. We can play with my singing bowls. You'll you'll be zen in three minutes flat. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited about the journey you've taken, and I'm excited to hear more about the corporate wellness thing you got going on. It's it's all very exciting. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your support and such an honor to be on your podcast and to connect with you once again. Thanks for all you're doing. You betcha, friend. Well, uh, let's let's connect uh, probably after uh, the new year and uh, I'll, I'll try to get up there to LA and be zen at some point. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks. Thanks again. Um, like I said, this will be out January. I think it'll be uh, probably two episodes. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I haven't figured it out. This was kind of on a whim <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's how you got to do it. I mean, it's really just just do it, right? Yeah, yeah, just do it. As just a Nike conversation. Says. Right. I mean, I, I think that even like with everything that I'm doing, the only, like, I'm just doing it. Yeah. It's just, it's all you, you know, can do. 
all you can do is do it, but, but keep doing it. That's yeah. also oh, it yeah. as well. I know that my, my own personal success or failure is completely in my hands. Like if I decide to just drop it and, you know, be gone for too long, then it's not going to work out. But if I stick it out and keep putting the work in and, and pursue it with real purpose, um, then it'll happen in the same way that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And I, I, I agree. And I will. I will. I, you are. As I, as I tell you and myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, good chatting, friend. Uh, I'll be in touch soon. Cool. All right. um, I look forward to hearing it and helping to support um, what you're doing. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I am here with my dear friend Shannon Strucci. Uh, we this is another uh, installment of the Yumi Empathy One Year Anniversary Show. Hello, Shannon. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I have a lot going on, but um, I've been productive. I've been it's just sort of like working on a lot of different projects that I can't share with people yet. Oh well, that's so it's not like, fun. That, that, that's not yeah, that's not very visible or not <laughs> visible yet, um, or at least not visible past like my friends and my patrons. <laughs> sure, sure. So, well, uh, so for the listeners, Shannon and I spoke last uh, last in May. We actually spoke many months before that, but her episode uh, came out uh, last May on parasocial relationships, and we talked about. Uh, what that means, which is like really non-reciprocal relationships relationships we create with fictional characters or famous people and uh, how that impacts our mental health. It was pretty fascinating conversation. And I, if I recall correctly, Shannon, I was very much, um, I felt like a student, like, <laughs> you know, your, your knowledge of like YouTube culture and video uh, production and stuff is, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's way more than I know. So I felt, but it was a fascinating conversation. So listeners, go back and listen to that episode. Today's episode, we're just gonna we're just gonna chat. We're just gonna have a little catch up. And I wanted to ask you, Shannon, what, how, how, how has your year been? How how are things going overall? Uh, doing better, I would say. the The big project that I worked on for a long time, the second episode of my web series about parasocial relationships, Fake Friends 2, Parasocial Hell. (laughs) I put that out in August. I love the title. Thank you. I I, I just like sorting through all this footage and looking at how terrible everything was. It was just such a nightmare. And I wanted a a title for the video that wasn't clickbaity, but Hmm. still uh, expressed that. I, I put that out in my Patreon money basically immediately more than doubled Wow! from one project. So I've been able to make a lot more money. I'm on my way to being more financially stable. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm a lot less stressed out about it because it was starting to feel like, okay, this can't be a hobby. This either has to be my career or I have to stop doing it. Or like it would take a lot longer sure. than about a year to make a video like that because it's a two-hour documentary, essentially, that wow. I made for like $300. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this again. And saying that at the end of the video, I think really encouraged people to donate more, yeah. which is really cool. So, how long did it take you to make that? Um, I had been collecting research since 2016, 
but it was basically a year. I, uh, it was a long time writing. Like I was originally just going to do one video, then I split it up. So some of the stuff I'm sure that was going to be in the first video ended up in the second one. So some of that was from 2016, 2017, but it was basically a year. It was a few months of writing it. Then early this year in like March, April, May, maybe around then I recorded the voiceover and then edited a two hour monster over the next few months. So it was only a few months of um, editing, but a whole lot of research and a whole lot of sort of watching hours and hours and hours of let's play footage or, you know, interviews or trying to track down information on like Japanese companies <laughs> that, and when I didn't speak, when I don't speak Japanese. Um, so now, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen your, your, I've seen part one and it's so well done. And I, like, do you, are you scripting it out beforehand? Like, are you writing all the stuff out and then just, you know, you, you, you read that in your narration? Uh, sometimes I'll improvise a little bit, but it's mostly very rigidly scripted. Yeah. Because you have to line it up to like, you know, images and and video Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I I don't, when I write the script, I don't necessarily write down here. I'm going to use this clip here. I'm going to use this clip. I usually just have it in my head. Although sometimes uh, I used to be a lot more, I I really didn't want to change my script after I had written it and recording it because I hate the process of recording and editing it down. But now I've gotten a lot more lax of like, okay, I really need to re-record this. I can add something in. Um, And it makes the voiceover a little less cohesive because sometimes you can tell i recorded it on a different day but i think that the videos are a lot better for it like i could not record it was at least like four hours of voiceover total for fake friends too and i was sick when i recorded it you can kind of hear that i was sick for parts of it so i would record maybe like two or three pages a day for several days to record so i guess it was like a 19 or 20 page script wow that was really rough (laughs) and recording it late at night because like outside noise now, is that, you know, this this topic of parasocial relationships, is that of interest of you um, or a passion uh, insofar as like it, you know, maybe you continue this series or maybe you uh, put it into like, you know, a f- feature documentary that you want to get like into festivals at some point? Mm-hmm. Like, is that is that on your mind at all? Um, well, for the third episode, what I want to do, I always had uh, planned the third episode to be about the research, like the science behind the relationships, the studies that have been done. Yeah. And what I really want to do is to fly out or take a bus out or whatever and interview academics mm. and interview experts on it and maybe interview some celebrities. But I really don't have the money for that now. Um, I would still want to put that on YouTube. Maybe after I finish this whole series, I could make like a feature documentary. But for now, I want to be able to use copyrighted stuff without worrying about it as much. I mean, you could still use, you still have fair use when you're making like a theatrical documentary, but it's a lot more rigid. Right. Um, and I want to work and I want my work to be as accessible as possible. So I like being able to put it out there for pretty much everything I do. I put out for free, uh-huh. um, which I like being able to do. I, I, this would be awesome if I could jump off of this and, and work in theatrical documentaries. There are a lot of topics, uh, like locally I would enjoy talking about. But for now, this is all apart from now that I'm being a lot more ambitious with it. It was mo- so far it's been I can just do that this for my computer. I could use song clips and and, you know, uh, interview clips and just use them and not worry about asking for permission. And that would change. Sure. Uh, in the future. 
And what what is the reaction been like to this part two of this of your video series? It's been wild. Um, a lot of comments are from people saying it made them cry and made them feel worthless, but like in a good way. And it's going to change how they interact with media. And a lot of people have got well, a, a certain percentage of people have gotten really defensive and really angry. Um, mostly, like. The vast majority of it, though, has been positive. And because that's with the second one, I really wanted people to rethink how they're affecting people they're a fan of and how they're being exploited. Mm. And I think that really had an imp- from the comments that I've seen, it really had an impact. And, and I've seen some some very strange comments as well. Um, there's a bit at the I've said this before in interviews and whatever, but there's a bit at the end of the video where I got some of my friends to do voiceover of like weird, creepy YouTube comments. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and some people recognized the people that I got to do voiceover and it like upset them because I have this whole video about how you shouldn't be forming these one-way relationships with people. And right. they would hear the voices that they recognized and then they would like feel ashamed of themselves. And they someone called me Machiavellian and people got kind of upset and weird about it. And I was like, I just thought it would be funny if my friends did voiceover. Yeah. I mean, that part was not intention, you know, having, I had some of the, Chapo guys and my friend H bomber guy and some other people who do YouTube or podcasts do some voices. And I just thought, Oh, this will be funny. And some people had a very, very strong emotional reaction that has made me sort of going forward. Like, okay, I need to think more critically about that because it was not intended. It's not like it was a problem, but I did not foresee it or intend it. Yeah. You didn't intend it to, to cause any, you know, worry or, or, or strife or whatever. Mm hmm. And it's fascinating that it's and it's it's neat, and I'm happy to hear that it's it's caused in some respects a, a reaction in some to make them rethink about how they look at their favorite you know YouTube person or their favorite celebrity. Like I think that's important. I think you're like causing sort of inward questioning, which is what we all need. Thank you. Yeah, that's been the most rewarding aspect of it i think is because i wanted that i didn't want people to just feel like because i think some people watched it and felt like garbage and didn't go any further it's like i'm not trying to make fun of people i'm trying to look like be like your life could be so much better mm-hmm. if you didn't just obsess over strangers or fictional characters like you have value you would have value to real people yeah uh, whether and a lot of people also took it as me saying like online friends aren't real which i literally don't say so you can make friends on Twitter, you can make friends in Discord servers and, and forums. Um, and that's still a two-way relationship with a real person. Right, right. Um, for, versus obsessing over a Let's Player or whatever, which yeah. I don't think is healthy. Yeah, it's not. It's not healthy. And I, I think it's hard to hear that. Like, it, you know, it's anytime you're doing a thing that maybe deep down you know is unhealthy, but that we we hold on to that stuff like tooth and mm-hmm. claw until we can allow ourselves to see the truth right uh but yeah. it takes i mean we've we've all been there for various reasons in various contexts uh you know i think but i think we need pieces of art or or inquiry like like you're doing to to uh to get us there thank you yeah and how i know last time we talked about you know, being an introvert online, like how, how is, <laughs> so how is that bumping up against your sort of, you know, you're growing, you're getting more Patreon uh, subscribers, you, 
you're getting more ambitious? Like, how is that bumping up against that? Um, there, there's a lot more of people that I have never interacted with forming an idea. Oh, there go the dogs. <laughs> there's a lot of people that I've never interacted with um, forming an idea of me as a person that's completely separate from anything I've actually said or done, which is weird. Are people, uh, I've seen a lot of posts from people who are like, oh yeah, I was getting obsessed with this or being weird, but then like Shannon Stewart, she popped into my head or they'll say weird. So I don't want to repeat, I don't want to make people feel bad about what they said, but it's sort of like having a presence in people's brains that I don't know is really weird. And mm. I, I do have a certain increased level of attention from it, but it's mostly been positive attention. Um, and I had fun going. I just went on Philosophy Tube's stream, which I don't know how many people watched it. I think the stream has like 15,000 views now. I don't know how many were live. But I was like, I don't want to look at the chat while the stream is going. It's going to make me neurotic. Sure. Uh, but that was really fun. Um, so it, it, nothing has been too bad, I, I think, in that respect of as far as being introverted. Um, apart from, I have gotten some weird, angry messages or so are some people who are in a very bad place messaging me where I can't help them and I just don't respond. Yeah. Um, which feels bad, but it's also like, I'm not, you're kind of ignoring the point of the video here. That's and I'm not, not a therapist. your place. Yeah. Are, are people thinking I should take personal responsibility because the video upset them? Right. I'm like, I, it was meant kind of meant to upset people. I'm, I don't know. It's not hateful. I don't know. I, I was just like, eventually I just have to mute those people. <laughs> Well, it's meant to, maybe I would edit, it's meant to disrupt less mm -hmm. le as opposed to, you know, upset. It's meant to make us think and, 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 and to use your word uh, earlier, cri critical think, you know, use critical mm -hmm. thinking, which is something that uh, we all, we all, <laughs> we all need uh, in order to grow and, and, and figure out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like with, you know, I mean, I relate to, I'm, I'm an introvert as well. Like it sounds, what helps me, and it sounds like maybe it's helping you a little bit, is, is focusing on the present and recognizing that uh, what you're experiencing in the moment is a joy, um, not being distracted by the stuff that we don't have any control over, mm -hmm. like the comments, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, some some people are angry, but I can tell that they're not trying to hurt me. And I've had some very good conversations in the comments of where someone's mad. And they're like, well, you're saying it's so easy to go make friends. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I had trouble making friends. I've had problems. Um, this I wish I had seen this video when I was younger. I blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And then we have like a night. That's happened several times, and that's cool. That's good. Um, it doesn't always happen. And that makes me feel really good when I can have that kind of exchange with someone who was kind of upset and then they go away with a better understanding of it. And then they'll be like, I'm looking forward to part three when they started out being angry. Um, <laughs> that's the only kind of arguing on the internet. I think that I enjoy yeah. it's just like a, a, a civil exchange of ideas that re reaches a pleasant resolution. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it has to be because like, you're just putting out this thing that you're deeply passionate about. It has mm -hmm. a, and has a clear perspective and a clear goal in mind. But, you know, like, that's not, like, everyone's doing that. Everyone has passions and ideas and putting it out there. It's not, we as humans need to be a little less, uh, I think when we are offended by a thing, we're um, holding on to something. We're insecure in our own framework. We're, 
whatever, what have you. I think we should be bumping up against these new ideas or challenged by new ideas. Like that's what makes life worth living in my, in my opinion. I think it is, it's good. Like I pretty deliberately don't like, I try to stay out of echo chambers. Although I do obviously think it's important to draw a line as to what kind of ideas you'll let yourself be challenged by. Sure. Um, I got a Twitter follower last night that was like, literally like uh, their avatar was a swastika and their username was like SS 1488 or something. And I was like, oh, no, you, I, and those kinds of people are in my comments sometimes and you have to not get lured into that kind of an argument, but especially like the argument of political, uh, of, uh, sorry, of parasocial relationships. There is the aspect of like capitalist alienation or like people do this for money and that's why they exploit their fans. Um, Nerd City has a really good video about Jake Paul that covers the merchandise angle, but a lot of it can be seen apolitically. So it's people getting angry on a very visceral level that doesn't even have to do with their like political allegiances, um, right. which is kind of, I'm not used to that as much. And it's people getting very, very defensive of these relationships that they have because they feel like they could never get anything else. And I'm like, yeah, you could, you just don't want. I know it's a lot harder for some people than other people too. Like I try to be empathetic, like uh, for people on the spectrum, it can be a lot more difficult or for people who are like agoraphobic and can't go outside. Right. But it's like, you can still make, it's not impossible. And maybe you just want to believe it's impossible. Cause then that's, you know, then you'll never have to go through that pain again of rejection. Mm. Um, ContraPoints put out a really good video about incels and just sort of how a lot of the what she talked about was these people on these forums look perfectly like quote unquote average or normal or conventionally attractive, but they go on there so that they can just like go into a hate spiral and have all the other people there tell them that they're hideous and unlovable and then they never have to try to find a partner. Mm. It's just like easier. The mm. whole black pilling thing. It's not even being red pilled, it's like a nihilistic, like giving up on life kind of thing. Um, when they're not, you'll, you can look at like YouTube comments on videos where incels are interviewed and a lot of them are not, they're, they're like, oh, I'm so, because of my bone structure, no woman will ever love me. It's like, that's not why. <laughs> so when you, <laughs> you say, look normal. Uh, again, it's me, it's your student, I'm raising my hand. Mm -hmm. uh, what is an incel? Oh, no. Uh, there, it's, um, it's this movement called involuntary celibacy um, that was started by a woman at some point about people who can't find partners and can't find like people who will have sex with them. Got it. And eventually it got super co-opted and taken over by like the MRA pickup artist, that kind of community. Like El Elliot Roger, who shot a bunch of women was like an incel. Mm. There have been, and there was a guy who shot up a yoga studio recently who I think was also an incel. So there are certain fringe members of this. And I'll, like I said, a lot of it is like, we, I will never find love. No one will ever find me attractive. And then like a lot of the reasons that they give are like, that's not, <laughs> You can find a whole like thousands of people who look just like you who are happily married. There's something else going on most of the time. I don't know. It's sort of it's a it's not a very happy conversation, but I think that it's a similar thing with the parasocial relationships of it's easier to say, well, I'll never find someone who will love me, so I'm just gonna buy like I, I covered Gatebox, which is this Japanese little hologram woman. Mm -hmm. Like it's from a Japanese company, and um, she's your girlfriend, and she tells you that she loves you, and she'll text you throughout the day. And it's like a girlfriend replacement hmm. <laughs> that you just have in a little box in your house. And they're like 
$3,000 or something. Wow. I'm like, I'm not, I don't make fun of the people who buy them, but it's like, that's really unfortunate. Um, cause there's yeah. probably someone out there who would love you. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I hear those, I hear what you're saying and I, I, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to people like that. I, I do think I, I, I completely understand how one can get there. I, I've, I am someone who struggles with a lot of self-hate myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and depression, uh, which fuels it. Um, but I also hear what you're saying in the sense that really what we're talking about is human connection. And, and mm-hmm. that is the thing that will really cure anything. I mean, authentic human connection, right? I think so. And, and like, having a sense of, of love and of community, mm-hmm. but you can't get, you can't get authentic love from a hologram. Right. Of like Hatsune Miku is this like fake, it's called a Vocaloid. It's like a Japanese idol star. That's just like a hologram. And they have like a Hatsune Miku gate box. So people who are in love with this character can pay like three grand to get her to like live in a little box in their house. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, and it, I think too, like I, some of my favorite friendships are people that I just sort of know through Twitter. And I'll just chat with every so often, and I don't think I, some of them I've never seen a picture of their face. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be someone that's like in real life. Uh, you don't have to be like the people have this idea of everything I'm talking about is like being the most popular kid in school or something, and being really popular with people in real life and having a swarm of friends. It's like no, if you just have someone who if you're having a bad day and you can like confide in them or if something exciting happens in your life and you can yeah. send them a message about it, like you can't, yeah. that's not, you, that's, you can't message Markiplier and have him be like, Oh, you like, that's not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's about, it's about the heart. It's about empathy. It's about mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. And, and you're right. You're not going to get that from, you know, demolition man. <laughs> um, no, it's interesting. Uh, let's, uh, let's start wrapping up. I, I'm curious about like how your, how your self care has been, uh, this year. Like what are you, are you doing okay with self care? Are you learning any things about yourself? I'm getting older, <laughs> which is a problem. Um, as far as like my health for I the first time, I, I eat pretty healthy. I don't eat, um, like I, mo- I just eat seafood. I don't eat other meat. I don't eat like a t- like I don't eat a ton of fast food or junk food. And I had uh, a, a doctor tell me I haven't gotten like my full results back, but I have high cholesterol for the mm. first time in my entire life. Um, and it's like what? And then they gave me a list of foods to eat, and I was like, I already eat all. Of it. Like I guess I just need to I don't know stop eating dairy or something or cut back, and um, like trying to get at a healthier. Like I haven't been exercising a whole lot. I've gotten back into it now. But for while I was finishing up a bunch of video essays, I was really bad about exercising. I'm like, I have to do it. Um, and I have to take care of my body. Because mentally I'm doing pretty good. But it's like I really need to be a little more active and get outside a little bit more. And start reassessing my diet again. Because I, I changed my diet a whole lot in like 2011. Mm. I started eating a lot healthier. I was like, well, that's not cutting it as I get older. As I'm, I'll say, I don't want to say my age, but I'm like around 30 <laughs> and, yeah, you're a youngster. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very. Well, it's also like my family has a ton of health problems. Yeah, there's some um, genetic like, stuff. 
yeah, both of my parents had heart attacks and that's how my dad died and like like a lot of other stuff as well, like diabetes and like all sorts of heart disease and cancers. And it's like, I have to be really, I'm already being careful, but it's okay. I have to be more careful. So that's, I mean, that's stressful, but it's also like, well, it's good to make that change now and not be trying to make it when I'm 50 and to be more conscious about that. So I've been walking a lot more and than I have been the past couple of months and hopefully I can even that out. <sighs> but I was like, Oh wow. Cause usually when I go in, they're like, everything is great. This is actually low when normally it's high when you're aging, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mm, no, you need to do this. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's like getting older <laughs> yeah that is certainly that a uh, getting older uh, conversation that you don't you can never prepare yourself for mm-hmm. it took yeah. me off guard a little bit yeah well good I mean I, I think it's good to recognize that and it's good that you're going to the doctor because I mean the, the, the mind the body those two things fuel each other they give back mm-hmm. and forth to one another and I think uh, yeah it's important to be mindful of that stuff Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm doing it too. Like I said, instead of, uh, waiting until it's too late. <laughs> totally. Which is, I mean, I've certainly done that. Mm-hmm. Like not like one period of my life where I kind of was living out of my car and I didn't go to the dentist for, and I have like terrible teeth, like just born mm-hmm. with terrible teeth. I didn't go to the dentist for like two years. And I, um, eventually I had to go cause my, uh, I felt like my teeth were rotting. It was like I was in so much pain. <laughs> that was, oh. What a dumb, I was a dumb, like early, late teen, early 20s uh, kid. And uh, I had to go in and I got double root canals. Oof. Yeah, it's brutal. But, you know, and I was being an idiot. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Shannon, you're the best. I, I love I love this stuff that you're doing um, online, and I, I really appreciate it. I think everyone listening should go follow Shannon on YouTube and watch her videos because they're, you know, she puts a ton of effort and passion into them. And I think uh, that's more than a lot of uh, what people are putting out into into the Internet and into the world. So go uh, connect with her. Uh, where, where can people... Um, connect with you on youtube elsewhere uh, on youtube if you look up strucci movies that's s-t-r-u-c-c-i or if you search like film nerd or fake friends parasocial and pretty easy to find um on twitter i'm at plenty of alcoves for my personal account and add strucci movies for an account that's just like podcast and convention appearances and the videos the like brand account versus my like personal account where i just post whatever <laughs> cool well, thanks, friend. It was good. Uh, it was good catching up. Um, let's uh, let's not be strangers, okay? All right. Congratulations on another year, and thank Th- you for having me on again. Thanks, and of course, you're welcome. I, I enjoy chatting, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go watch uh, round two. Wait, round two is round two up? The parasocial videos is that you said that was up? Yeah, that's the one. That's the big one. It's like that's two the big hours one. long. Got it. Yeah. That people said they cried at, and what? Nobody cried at the first one. <laughs> the second one, a lot of people cried and got really upset. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to watching it. Thank you. Let me know what you think. I will. I will. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. Thanks. Bye. All right. So let's just do this. I have Katie Hilliard here. We uh, we chatted last way back in January on episode four of Yumi Empathy. She was one of the 
early adopters of, I mean, she is probably the earliest adopters of empathy, but she was one of the early fans of Yumi Empathy. She came on in episode four. We talked about self-care and she's here today. Hello. Hello. How are you, friend? Oh, I'm doing well. I feel like I'm a completely different person since the last time we talked. (laughs) That's exciting. That's really exciting. So the last time we talked, for the listeners, we talked a lot about self-care. And uh, self-care is is a really ongoing theme of this this podcast. It's it's so important for for mental health and uh, to be mindful of what things really help with your care. And uh, I want to get into this huge thing that's happened for you this year, Katie, which is you are a mom now. I am. That's, I am. Uh, first of all, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Uh, Thank I am you. adoring all of your pictures you're posting on Instagram. Thank you so much. It's such a ride. Yeah, my, my son is, um, he's 15 weeks old today, which is one week shy of four months. Um, for those who are doing math in their head, which I always have to do. I'm like, oh, wait, what is it? I don't know. Me too. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's such an amazing experience. Uh, I know that we, we talked the last episode about um, I had had a miscarriage before this pregnancy. And when we last talked, I don't think I knew I was pregnant again uh, at that point. So, um yeah, so it's been it was a really interesting ride getting here because there's so much um that go goes along like in the second pregnancy or however many pregnancies people have after however many miscarriages people have. It's it's uh it's a little harder to be excited mm. um when you're pregnant because you kind of, I, I mean, at least from my, from my experience, and I've heard this from others as well, there's a, there, you know, there's this chance, of course, that it can happen again, always, right. there's always a chance. And, you know, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So that is a huge, I mean, that's a major, <laughs> major percentage that do. So there's always a possibility that that can happen again. So there was um, a definite, I, we didn't tell people probably until I was like 20 weeks pregnant at this, this time around. Uh, so that is a long time um, <laughs> to be pregnant and not really sharing yeah. with everybody. Um, but I just really, you know, part of my practice, my life practice and my self-care practice and everything is to try um, my hardest to stay present hmm. and in every moment. And so if, you know, when, I, when I'm able to do that correctly, uh, when I can actually do that, then it it took away a lot of the, um, a lot of the kind of anxiety and fear that, you know, this pregnancy might not continue and, you know, any day it could end instead of that, I could just stay in the moment and be like, in this moment I'm pregnant. And so I really just took it like that. And, and every moment that I was living in that moment, I was pregnant and it was great. And so every moment kept coming and in every moment I was still pregnant. So, huh. uh, I love out, that. That's beautiful. Really well. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, presence is hard just in and of itself, but when you are, uh, working on, uh, you know, pardon the, this f- phraseology, 
producing when you're uh, cooking or not cooking. That's terrible words known. Cooking. When, no cooking. When you're when you're yeah, producing, cooking, uh, uh, creating this this beautiful creature inside of you, and you know, on the you know at the at the end of nine nine months, uh, or you know more than that, uh, you're gonna have this baby. Like that's like, I mean, how can you stop your mind from going to the future? There, like, yeah. Can you talk about some of the moments where you did maybe struggle with that? Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, I, you know, it's a constant struggle, and it still is a constant struggle because there is there are there's like a plethora of things that you can get that you can focus on, a plethora of things that you can, you know, be anxious about or when especially like we after having the kid or while you're still pregnant and you're thinking about, you know, um, the birth process or, yeah. while, you know, like after, after that and what's going to happen when, you know, I find my brain go like, Oh my gosh, you know, he's going to be walking sometime. Uh, like, <laughs> Holy crap. That's a thing. That's going to be different. Than, he's going to want to stick I... his little fingers into places yeah. that will hurt him. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. He's going to fall down. He's going to, you know, um, get hurt. He's going to, be sad. He's going to be hurt by others. He's going to have, you know, they did like just when you think about all of the aspects of life that that you, that you could focus on and get concerned about, it's just it's a constant thing. So I'm con. I find I'm constantly um, walking the line between like I can either go to the to the anxi- anxious place and focus on all of that, uh, or I can you know bring myself back. So it's it's a constant teeter teetering teetering yeah it's a yeah. constant teetering over yeah. the over the line there yeah um so it really is it's it's a it's just an active choice for me um to stay present uh because really it, over and over again i'm reminded that life is just a series of moments that's all it is and so we're either in in the future in the past or we can be in the present. And when we're in the future and the past, we're not in the present. And right. the present is really the only thing that's happening. So I I think the more, I mean, the more, I just keep, it's just a lesson that I keep getting. That I keep getting and I keep getting and I keep getting and I keep getting with everything. And with with the birth, we had planned um, a home birth uh very early on, we planned a home birth. It's it's just what I've always wanted. Um, we like, I mean, I was completely and totally uh, trusting my body. I knew that my body was made for this. I was not concerned at all about the birth process. I was incredibly excited about it, and um, and everything that I didn't want to happen happened. Mm. So basically, uh, I. Jasper ended up deciding that he wanted to stay to stay in my womb for longer than than most babies do. Uh, he stayed in until forty two weeks, and um, at forty two weeks, midwives in the state of California are no longer allowed to um, receive a baby, so they're no longer allowed to catch a baby um, oh, or to attend a birth. So there was a point where where we had left, we were about to you know cross that line. And we knew that our midwife wasn't going to be, we weren't going to be able to have an assisted home birth. It would have to be unassisted. And because neither of us had ever experienced a birth before, we were like, well, maybe we shouldn't just be home 
alone doing this thing uh, without anybody who knows what they're doing. Right. Uh, or who knows right. anything. Not that I don't trust my body, but I also don't trust myself to know if things are wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so we had to make the decision to go into the hospital um, and be induced. And that was a completely different, that was a, that was a really difficult um, thing for me because for some people, hospitals feel like it's the safest place to be. Um, for others like me, it is the scariest place. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> home felt like it was the safest for me. Uh, you know, we're all different. So we have to go where we feel safe and what we want. But even then, um, even when you make the best plans and the, the plans that you know you know are going to happen, they don't necessarily happen that way. And um, ours didn't. So we ended up going to, uh, we ended up having to be induced. And we tried three different induction methods um, because the first one was uh, like non-invasive. They just, it, I mean, I don't know if I should get like how in-depth I should get. But however you, however in-depth you want to get. Okay, great. I'm well, curious um, and I'm interested. Okay, great. Uh, I'm sure lots of people have uh, experienced this as well who are going to be listening. So, Absolutely. You know, um, basically, we, ROB was, um, she was really great. She, she was our backup throughout the entire pregnancy, um, and she's quite um, progressive in the OB sense, and she really pushes for uh, vaginal births. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's not quick to jump to a C-section. Um, a lot of OBs are nowadays. So, um, but her induction methods take time because she tries to use like the least invasive methods first. Right. Uh, so we tried, we used something called Cervidil, which is, um, a cervical ripener. They put, it's just like a medicated tab that they put on the cervix that is supposed to, um, you know, ripen and make the cervix more fa favorable and start dilating and the body takes over and says, oh, hey, we're in labor. Cool. And then the body does what the body's supposed to do. Gotcha. Um, so that that takes 12 hours. So it was it was there for 12 hours and it was um, it did a lot. My, my I had not started labor at all before we got there. So I, it had like it. So the cervidal like ripened my cervix and started um, dilation uh, in, for like in a small a small amount, but it started it. And so, um, she was like excited about that. It, it had, it had done what it was supposed to do. Um, but I, my body didn't go into labor. So then we went with something called a Foley balloon catheter, which is a, um, it's essentially a balloon, like a, a balloon that's probably about like three inches in diameter. Um, and they put, they put the balloon into the cervix between the baby's head and the cervix, um, and they inflate it, uh, you know, for it to be that like kind of three inches, two and a half, three inches in diameter. And um, you pull the, there's like a rubber tube attached to it and you pull it taut and, and it's supposed to mimic the baby's head pushing on the cervix. And then the body's supposed to be like, oh, hey, we're going into labor. Oh, and then wow. the body's supposed to go into labor. Um you had to keep that there uh, and keep it very taut in order to keep the constant pressure. So for me, um, my body wasn't 
saying that it was going into labor. So it just was um, a really uh, horrific experience for me. It was like six hours of a continuous contraction because I had to, oh. you have to wait until you pass the, the Foley balloon has to come out. Oh my God. And so, um, so it did eventually after about six hours. Um, and that was uh, very hard, but like immediately when it came out, I experienced relief, which was not good because my body had not gone into labor yet. Right. So, so then, then the next, the only other solution was to go on Pitocin, which I really didn't want to do. Right. Um, but that was it. That was the next, the next thing. Um, so, uh, so we went on Pitocin and, uh, gradually, you know, they gradually increase the dosage and, and, when your body kicks into gear and goes into labor itself, they take the Pitocin away, but my body didn't. So, um, I labored, uh, with Pitocin for uh, like 34 hours. My um, goodness. And yeah, is that it was, atypical? So I had, yes. I, all of my, my, everything that happened were, was atypical. Oh, my I'm whole so sorry. thing was very atypical. It was very bizarre. Um, but it was, a uh, it, you know, it was very, it was a very difficult experience, especially also because we were, I was connected constantly to monitors. You know, when you go on Pitocin, you're on a saline drip, you're on, you're, you're attached. And, and yeah. I was so looking forward to my, the complete opposite of right. this experience, which would be at home yeah. where I could move, I could go in water, I could do this whole thing. And I, I couldn't do that, um, mm. where we were. Uh, so I was kind of fighting through a lot of those, um, those emotions as well. Uh, but I did get to have, um, you know, I got, I had some really, it was a really intense experience. Um, it was a very, uh, it was like, in, it was, it was traumatic and it was all filled with, um, growth and experience. And, uh, it wasn't the experiences that I wanted, but, you know, it clearly there was the experience that I needed, you know, and I think, um, I think that's just a life lesson in itself. It ended up that eventually, you know, I labored for 50 hours and then eventually, uh, it ended up in an emergency C-section because his heart rate was dropping and dipping and doing all the things. Um, and it was dangerous for him and I got a fever. And so they were like, we gotta, we gotta get him out. So I ended up having a C-section. Um, so that was also <laughs> a disappointment for me personally, right, right. but he's completely healthy and happy. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful for every, everything that I didn't want to happen. I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that the, you know, that m my OB allowed me to labor for so long and allowed me to, you know, try to get to a place um, you know, my cervix only dilated, only made it to like six and a half centimeters. Mm. Um, and 10 centimeters is what you need to, to push. Right. So, um, you know, it just, it wasn't in my, in my brain, I think, okay, he probably just is one of those rare babies that wanted to stay until 43 weeks. Cause his, I mean, everything, he was like super healthy and everything was fine. And, um, but you know what? whatever it's, it's what happened. And it was, it's been very hard for me to come to terms with it. Mm. Um, I am at a place where I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience and it was clearly what I, 
what I needed because now I can relate and empathize with so many others who have had, um, you know, births that didn't go the way they planned or people who really, really wanted a completely natural uh, childbirth and didn't get it or, you know, vice versa, whatever. I I know what it's like to labor and I know what under induction and I know what it's like to get a C-section and I know what it's like to recover from a C-section. And I know, you know, (laughs) I know, I know a lot of things now I I can really, um, I can really empathize with a lot of other, other women. Um, I went through a period of time because I trusted my body so much. I felt very betrayed by my body. Um, Cause I was so sure. And I was like, this is what I'm made to do. This is what my body's made to do. Like I got this, you know, I don't need, and then, you know, every step of the way we come up against these roadblocks and we come up against these hurdles. And I was like, okay. And it really reminded me of, you know, my dad used to always say, go with the flow. And he used to always talk about how life is, um, just, it's just a continuous wave and it goes up and down and, you just have to ride it. You just have to stay on it. Be as flexible as possible and stay on the wave. And I think um, every grief and birth, there's a death in birth. There is a loss of who you were yeah. before. Um, and there is, and, and contractions come in waves. And in grief, like, waves like waves of grief come and it's all this it's just i really got this whole um wave perspective on life uh, a lot through this through my experience with um jasper's birth uh and i think you know ultimately again we try to control so much and we can't. The only thing that we can control is how we deal with what we have to deal with, how we choose to perceive what we bring the things. to it. Exactly. How we choose yeah. to perceive and what we bring to the things that are that are thrown at us. Yeah. I'm sorry that I mean, even so, even with all of that, and I think those are perspectives that we need to have, you know, uh, I think. Yeah. Um but even so, like I, I I hear the pain in your in your voice talking about being betrayed by your body and 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 having that taken away from you, all of the the sort of visualization that you were projecting and the 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 sincere and and healthy wants to like have you know your beautiful baby in a an environment that's warm and comforting like i feel the same way about hospitals and it's probably because i was born uh at home with you know we were all born at home in the bed you know nice with yeah. mom you know naturally and uh yeah no i so i i feel your pain and i'm just you know i'm sorry you had to go through that like i i yeah i mean during that period were you trying to bring aspects of home into that environment or was it all sort of just a mindset game? We brought, I mean, we brought, you know, a uh, salt lamp and some uh, candles that like wickless candles and mm. we brought some stuff. Um, we didn't, we just didn't have a lot of time pre- to prepare because right. we basically decided that we were going to go in and um, induce and we, had to come home and pack up our whole like 
home birth and kind of grieve that more than that just like very quickly. Um, but we did it. So we brought, we brought some stuff, but you know, there's, um, it was just more about having to, uh, accept it. And in the moment I wasn't thinking about anything like that because you, you can't, I mean, you can't, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about that in the sure. moment. Um, but afterwards I, de you know, I definitely went through quite a, quite a period of time. It's, um, of kind of, I mean, there's already, there's so many intense hormones afterwards, no matter how you birth, um, that, that come and like, you know, just really take you on a, on a ride. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I was going through that as well. So I was going through kind of the normal stuff. And then I was also mourning, like mourning my vaginal birth and, and kind of grieving the whole experience and coming to terms with trying not like being angry at my body, feeling betrayed by my body. And then I really, so I really had to work on coming back to that and finding the, the power of my body. Like, thankfully it, it housed a human being and grew a really good, healthy human being and housed it for longer than a lot of other bodies do. And, um, you know, I needed to find the kind of the gratitude, the grateful space, um, for it, uh, and the reverence that it deserves because it just wasn't, that wasn't how Jasper was going to come into the world. Yeah. And I, I, I am grateful for, um, the medical, community. Uh, you know, I really am. I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I got to experience that. Um, and it's really interesting because it, I've always wanted natural things like for the, for my miscarriage, I wanted it to pass naturally. Mm -hmm. And I waited for about three weeks and it wasn't coming. And then I had like, I had to make a decision because I had to go. I, I was uh, taking a trip to see my mom and I wasn't allowed to fly. Um, because of if I was waiting for a miscarriage, cause there's just so many, so much risk of hemorrhaging in the air and things like that. Right. And so, so I had, so I had to make the decision to go and get the DNC, which is a surgical procedure. I had to make that decision. And that was like, that's another funny thing where I was like, I want this to pass naturally. Oh, <laughs> nope. I need medical in intervention. And so it was, it's just this, um, it's just me realizing like I was so against medical intervention. Um, and that's what I got throughout the entire, the, my entire experience. So, um, you know, it, Isn't it life became funny that way. Yes. I mean, it's, it is a, what you're saying, what you're speaking to this lesson of like, we don't have control. We can sort of control what we bring to it, but you know, how, how, however much we sort of visualize what's going to happen and sort of project what we want, you know, that's not what life is going to give us necessarily. And uh, I think what, you, what you're speaking to is a lesson that we all need to come to terms with. And it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard, um, you know, because life is hard, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. How, how, how are you working through it other than, you know, you, you sound like you are doing well, you know, you're speaking well to it, to the experience, and you're talking about, you know, recognizing that you're, you're, you know, you need, you need to relinquish some of that control. Like, are you working on it in therapy? Are you talking to other women who've experienced similar things? Yeah, I, um, 
you know, I've, I've been reading, I think social media is kind of amazing for things like this because there are so many great, uh, accounts that, um, that I follow and I had to, I had to stop for a little while. I had to stop. I have all my like natural birth accounts that I love. Uh, but in the beginning after, um, after, uh, Jasper's birth, I, I had to unfollow all of them because I because it was something that I wanted so badly and I didn't get it. Right. And I was just seeing over and over like all of these women's bodies working how they're supposed to and all of these the beautiful things. And I, I was starting to get really resentful. So I had to stop. I had to be like, okay, I'm just going to unfollow this for a while. Um, because I don't need to see that. I'm happy for everyone that gets, you know, that has experienced that and that is getting that. I just personally didn't and I'm bummed about it. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had to do that because I what I didn't like the, you know, the experience that it was making me have and how I was thinking, yeah, you know, that's just being totally, upset about it. Totally makes sense. Yeah. So that was, that was an aspect of self-care to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna unfollow these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I read a lot. I read a lot. And I also, um, I also, you know, with my, with my therapy, like I have a lot of really great tools that I use for my own, for myself. I, you know, I constantly feel like patterns, my old patterns, whenever I'm emotionally, um, whenever I'm down, Mm-hmm. Or something is something has happened like throughout the reco- through the recovery of the C-section and things like that. It was really difficult for me. Um, and the uh, I think it's because I labored for 50 hours and then had a C-section. Right. So there was a lot like my body was just rocked to the core. And I think um, uh, I just lost my train of thought, man. Where was I? Brain, brain, brain. I was talking about therapy, self-care, how I, oh, right. So whenever I'm compromised, um, in that aspect, I find that my old habits come back. Oh yeah. Like my old patterns, um, that I, that I, I always feel like, oh, I'm done. I got over that. I'm done with that. Um, (laughs) and you know, that is not the case. Like everything, you know, everything is still there. Yeah, it's we're never done with a thing. No, never. Never. My um my friend says, you know, she's like she's like it's like an onion, you know? It's like mm-hmm. an onion. You're peeling away the layers. Um and then I'm like, yeah, and then I was kind of piggybacking on what she was saying. I was like, yeah, you peel away the layers. I thought I was done with that layer, but it turns out like it's all cooked in the same oil. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's what So said. like you're you're like, "Oh, we're done. We're done with it." It's like, "No, wait a minute. It's all, it's all just like another layer of that. Yep. Another layer. And the deeper you go, you know, in your, within yourself and within the inner workings of, you know, your own emotional being and your own, like your own being in general, like that is what happens. You think you're done anyway. So I, um, so I, but I, the tools that I have that work for me, um, focusing on, you know, taking myself, taking myself out, taking some um, conscious breaths, uh, going on a walk and looking, you know, questioning where flowers came from. That's like a big thing for me. I I always think about seeds and like, I'll look at a flower and then I'll get really, I allow myself to kind of go into how that started as a seed Mm -hmm. and then it broke out of the seed and it took sunlight, it took all these things. And and then it just kind of takes my brain away from the the spiral that it's in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's like a good mindfulness technique. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yes. 
So, um, so I, so I used all of the tools and techniques in order to keep myself at a place. But what I really realized I needed to do was to accept what had, what happened right. instead of, cause it's a choice, you know, I, I could choose to, um, be a victim to it. I could choose to allow it to, you know, to feel like I was robbed or to feel like, you know, this experience, because the thing is, is like in the end, at the end of the day, I'm, I ended up with a healthy baby and I was healthy. So that is something to be grateful for in itself, in itself, because a lot of women, a lot of children don't make it. A lot of women don't make it like it's, you know, it's a it's a thing that could have had like um, any number of outcomes, and I'm just grateful that our outcome was what it was. So it, there's a there's a line of first I had to accept the fact that I and I had to kind of mourn um, what I wanted to happen that didn't happen, and then I had to acknowledge, you know, that acknowledge that I was even feeling betrayed by my body. Um, that was a thing that I had to accept. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to start the healing process of, you know, focusing and like and falling back in love with my body and finding um, a way to have reverence for it and to be grateful for it. Um, and so that that's just it's just been a it's a process. Yeah. And it's a process of and it's an everyday process. And sometimes it's an every minute process, depending upon, you know, where I am emotionally. But um but I think it's uh, it's been such a great period of growth and um, expansion, and it's um, it's crazy how I realized uh, I realized recently this was a very very recent um, revelation for me that I was I was waiting for I was hoping and putting all of my um, uh, hopes for this natural home birth, uh, into the fact that I was going to be able to be proud of myself at the end of it. Mm. Like I realized that, that I still don't have the belief in myself and the love for myself that I thought I did oh. and that I was experience in order to be like, I did that. I did that. So I can do anything. Look at that. I'm so proud of myself for that. Right. I love myself for that. And of course, if I'm going into that, there's no way I'm going to get that. No way. No yeah. way am I going <laughs> to be allowed <laughs> to have that when I'm in that headspace when I was really doing it for that reason. It's it's like, it's amazing when I, when I realized that um, I couldn't believe it. Then I went through this whole period of like, well, uh, oh my gosh. And then I really don't love myself as much as I thought I did. And holy cow, I thought I was past, like, I thought I was past all that self-loathing bullshit. Like I thought I was done with that, you know? Oh, excuse me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bullshit on this. Oh, oh I just did it all, again. All, okay. All, all language up. is valid. You can say that's, anything that's, you fucking want. That's what I thought. I mean, yeah. I've listened to other episodes. I just want to make sure. <laughs> um, but you know, I, it's, it's really, that was just such a smack in the face. Um, to realize that and to accept that. Um, but then it made everything make sense. And, um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I really am. I'm now in a space today 
that I'm grateful for everything. Tomorrow might be a different story. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> but um, but I'm, I'm having more and more days where I really feel like this is what I needed. And it's it's making me realize so much just all the time, just so much more about what I need to do and, and what I need to focus on. And, you know, the fact that we're just continuous, we're like works in progress all the time. And we never, we're never perfect, but that's the beauty. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, I'm not a parent myself, but I have many friends who are, and parenting sounds like the ultimate test of, uh, you know, self, uh, awareness, acceptance, care, all of that. Yes. Acceptance. And it's also, you know, you realize here's this bright-eyed little being that looks to you <laughs> for all the things like i'm i'm very lucky that uh you know breastfeeding has been uh very great for me um it took a little while in the beginning it was a bit of a struggle um but i think it's always a struggle uh you know it's a learning process and it's a learning curve and pushing through it was hard but but we did, and it's beautiful. And the fact that I am sustaining this being's life solely with my body is just mind-boggling to me. Oh, it's magical. Um, and it, I'd imagine, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I imagine yeah. uh, I was just going to give you kudos. The natural uh, breastfeeding, that that has got to feel like for you a, a bit of a win, right? It does. feels like such a win. Yeah, good. It really does. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, it's, it's amazing. I'm also aware that so many women try and, and have, you know, many, many uh, problems and sometimes can't and sometimes, you know, and so I'm grateful that that has worked. If if one thing um, worked in the natural favor, I'm very glad it's this. Good. Uh, But, but it is an amazing when you, when you think about, when I think about that aspect and I, he's looking into my eyes and I think about, him it is such a mirror it's the biggest mirror <laughs> i i'm aware of so many of the things that i do even subconsciously like they've been brought to the conscious forefront because i really care what i'm passing on to him oh, like yeah. i really care what behavioral patterns are. i really care what i do um i really want to for everything to become conscious so that i can make sure that i'm consciously passing on um you know, things that will be useful to him and not all of my self-destructive tendencies. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I I think that's so beautifully said. Like we need, we, we need those mirrors. Yeah. And, uh, you're creating a little one yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And we are mirrors like to that for each other. I mean, you're in a, you're in a very long, long long-term committed relationship as am I. And that's the, we're each other's mirrors. Totally. I mean, I, it's, it's, and even like long friendships and everything. We're all like, if we allow, if we allow ourselves to be seen, uh, we are, we also see ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. See, allow ourselves to be seen and then listen, you know? Yes. Listen, meet people where they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm so happy for you, Katie. I, I'm, I, uh, yeah, Jasper seems like such a sweet, curious. Uh, he's certainly a beautiful boy, and uh, I'm you. just, I'm just happy for you, friend. 
Thank you so much. He's uh, he's just a delight. I don't mm-hmm. know. Feel Good. I'm so grateful. Good, I'm Very glad. Grateful. Yeah. Well, um, what as we start to wrap up here, what mm-hmm. what's going on with you in like the working world? Like, are you are you still writing? Are you still working on? acting has that been sort of yeah. delayed in motherhood a little bit yeah yeah i mean I, I took a little bit of a break um i'm working on yeah I'm, I'm writing right now and creating um a show that we're hoping to sell um but i it's a real i mean becoming a mother is a major transition and i realized that um my perspectives have completely changed my my um priorities have changed. And so I'm in a, I'm in a space of trying to really figure out who I am in the, in the working world now. Um, and what I want to keep focusing on and what avenues that like, just nothing, I don't feel like the same person. So I don't, and I don't have the same, um, priorities that I used to have like fueling me so I'm trying to understand now where I go I'm trying to be it's it's a really interesting and kind of difficult time in that sense because I I I don't know I'm I'm just I'm trying to be like okay I'm gonna keep working at the things that I that I'm working at uh and but allow I'm gonna allow myself to you know, explore other avenues. If I feel so inclined, I'm trying to just kind of get to a place where to kind of understand who I am now, because I don't know. I don't really know. Um, I'm kind of thinking, thinking about maybe, you know, a podcast uh, again. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't, I'm not sure where I am right now. I'm in this very um, transitional phase. And well, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, aren't the but, best phases uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They I mean, are. it sounds perfectly reasonable and natural to feel... I mean, you're, you're a mother now. Your world has uh, increased exponentially. Yeah. And your perspectives have changed. Your whole world has changed. So it makes sense that things would feel differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. It's... Uh, it's a, it's just, it's just a, I mean, life's just a ride, right? It's such a ride. Yep. Such a ride. Up and down and all around. <laughs> you just got to hang on tight. Indeed a ruining. <laughs> well, um, um, yeah. where, where can people like, uh, connect with you? Oh, um, Instagram is kind of the best for me. Cool. Um, my handle is Kate. At Freckleface Kate, um, <laughs> I have you know Facebook and Twitter too, but Instagram is like my most active, active platform. I think. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, joining this little one-year anniversary celebration. Thank you so much for having me. I I love I love your podcast, <laughs> and I love the mission, and I I love it. It's great, and I think you're just fabulous. Oh, well, right back at you, fabulous Katie Hilliard. Um, (laughs) I do want to, uh, I know I asked you this last time, and uh, and then you had a baby, and you were very busy. (laughs) Um, I I want to see if, uh, I'm trying to, like, book for guests in the next uh, few months, and so if you 
know anyone that you think would be a good guest or, yeah. or uh, someone, uh, let me know. Okay, well, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, it was good All to right. catch up. I'm I'm yeah, so happy to hear that things are going well and you're, you're doing the work to try to stay present and you have a healthy little Jasper, by the way, yeah. adorable name. I love that name. Thank you. Thank I you. feel like at some point, I'm hoping at some point, maybe you do now, maybe you don't, you have a porch and Jasper can sit on a porch on a rocking chair. I feel like that seems like a good place for Jasper. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't yeah. it be? Yeah. One day. One day. One day we'll have a porch with a rocking chair. Awesome. Right now we're in a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you live in LA, so yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank awesome. you, friend. I, I I really enjoyed this, and I really enjoy you. Thank you. I do, too, and I enjoy you as well. All right. Thanks for care. having me. Oh, okay. you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.